0: Great, thank you. Let me first apologize for my voice. Yesterday was the first day I spoke in like five days. I lost my voice at a very inconvenient time. (laughs) Um, But my name is Zoe Cohen and I'm the CEO of Echo Mobile, which is a Kenyan-based company focused on mobile-first customer engagement and data collection. So I come here to talk to you guys not as an expert in radio at all. So that's when I'm going to look for you guys to engage with me a little bit more when we get into questions. But I come from a tech company based in Kenya. Um, And I'm going to walk you through a little bit how we're particularly working with some radio programming to really make sure you can engage audiences that don't have access to social media, the internet, smartphones, but still get their voices and opinions heard on a larger scale. So, before we get there, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our origin story, where we come from, and kind of how we've gotten to working with some of these media organizations. Um, So, in 2010, our two founders were working with a microfinance institution in Kenya. This institution was lending assets to farmers in Western Kenya. And in 2010, they were at a point where they were really growing and they were getting more investment. But that means that because of the investment, they needed to show that they were growing, but they also needed to reach out to more clients and connect with their clients in a way that they hadn't been connecting before. Their previous engagement was all through loan officers going out and talking to the farmers, but now because they wanted to really grow their business and understand their clientele base better, they needed to communicate with them more frequently and they wanted to do that in a cost-effective way. So they realized that the tool that almost every farmer in Kenya had in his pocket was a cell phone. So in Kenya, there's an 88% cell phone penetration rate, but there's less than 20% of people that have access to a smartphone. So the key is really how can you use a simple cell phone to connect with people? So what they built up was a system that was almost like a survey monkey, which I'm guessing many of you have used, which was that the organization and the cloud-based system, so something that's connected to the web, not on a laptop anywhere, but can be accessed anywhere, they would go in and build a back and forth conversation that they would want to have with these farmers. So it was questions that they would want to send the farmers. These would go out through toll-free text messages. And then as the farmer responded, it didn't matter if she had credit on her phone or not because it was a toll-free experience, she would respond to the question that would prompt another question to go out to her phone. and As all of this data was coming in, it was all aggregated and visualized on what has now become the Ecomobile platform. So In 2012, we realized that it wasn't just Jehudi Kalimo that needed this service. There was many other organizations out there who could use a service like this that would be able to engage with lots of people at a time in a way that was toll-free for them, that would bring data into the organization and help that organization drive data-driven decisions based on what the people that they care about most were saying to them. So who we are today is a company based in Kenya. As I said, we're a customer engagement and data collection platform that allows organizations to talk to the people that they care about most, and collect their opinions and their voices through 2G channels, including text messages, Um, automated voice calls and USSD, which I believe you guys have here too, which is like star one, two, three hash and a hop system, a menu-based system. But what's changed is that organizations are using us for many, many reasons beyond just a simple back-and-forth survey. So we've taken that concept of a survey. If you are a consumer good company, say you sell solar lights, and you want to do a warranty activation, this can be done through this kind of back and forth communication via text message or automated voice call. If you can use it for post-sales customer support, instead of calling and waiting on hold, can send in a toll-free text that takes you through a a menu-based system, maybe it answers your question for you, and if it doesn't, then it would lead you to a customer service agent to answer your question. Other market research firms are using it for overnight market research. A bank wants to put out a new product. They wanna get a sense from their current clients if this product would be of interest to them or not. A market research firm will do this through these automated texts back and forth. The channels, as I'm saying, has also expanded beyond just text to other ways that we can do toll-free experiences for people through voice calls and USSD. And then the final thing that I think is really interesting is what we found is that one of the most engaging ways that our clients use text messages is when they can combine it with mass media, such as radio. So this is what I'm gonna tell you things that you guys already know. I think media, um sorry, radio is still com- commonly accepted as kind of the most effective way to get a mass message out to the public, especially on, in, on the African continent. Um, I think, where lots of people are still not connected to the internet. But the issue is still, once you get that communication out, people have voices, people have opinions, people have questions that they want to ask back. And often people can call in and you can voice one or two opinions, but how can you really understand the mass opinions that are out there? And this is what the beauty of having these 2G channels, so having people be able to text in and it all come in and aggregate together or having them be able to trigger an automated voice call where they're almost leaving like a voicemail for the radio station. This is when you really get the rich content of the back and forth communication that you can combine with radio to not only disseminate information, but also collect those opinions from people. So why do we think this is working with our clients so far? So as I stressed before, we make it a toll-free experience for the end user. Um, I know in Kenya, the cases, if you're sitting in a room with 10 people, the odds are that one person in that room does not have any credit on their cell phone is very high. It doesn't matter if you're sitting with a bunch of farmers or a bunch of bankers, somebody doesn't have credit on their cell phone. So Making sure that it's a toll-free experience is really important. The second is that the organizations that use our platform make sure that they make a very simple call to action when they ask people, when they prompt people to text in and you wanna make this user experience as simple as possible. And then the third is that by allowing people to do this through their phones and in voicing their opinion through the phones, it's very different than having to stand up in a community meeting um, or, and make your voice heard and see your face. It can be done in a semi-anonymous way and this is exciting because it's often driving the voices and making voices heard of people that otherwise wouldn't speak. So combined with these three reasons of why we think that it's being effective, the feedback that we've gotten from our clients who combine it with radio programming in particular, they find that for them, the the biggest benefits are these following five that are in the bottom in blue. And I'm gonna go into two case examples for you afterwards that highlight a few of these. Um, but one is that you get rich real-time feedback because it's all coming into a platform and being aggregated and visualized for you immediately, you're getting that feedback and you don't have to wait six months until you know a research firm has gone out and done research for you and compiled a report and then brought this report back to you. It comes in in real time. Another, as I was saying, is because it's semi-anonymous, you get the voice of some people heard and we're gonna get into that later that otherwise may not speak. Um, Finally, you can also use the information that you're getting to create content for further programming. Although I heard in the first lecture of the day that I should not use content creation, that's very much a tech term and I'm clearly coming from the tech world but can help shape your future programs by understanding what your audience is interested in and cares about. It really encourages civic engagement. We're gonna go into a case study next about oil exploration that's going on in Kenya and how can you get the community involved in voicing their opinions to take a stance and make a change in their community. And the final thing is that it's highly scalable. You can be communicating en masse using text messages with literally hundreds of thousands of people at the same time. So now to highlight kind of some of these benefits, There there no more? Okay, that's okay, we're gonna go without slides. You guys are radio people, you don't need pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so my first case study, as I was saying, has to do um, with the oil exploration that really was going on in Kenya, and now with oil prices tanking, everyone stopped a little bit. But in 2012, 300 million barrels of oil were discovered in Northern Kenya. And that means huge international companies like Tello Oil started coming in to do oil exploration. So the UK development agency, DFID, um, realized that while this has many benefits, there's also problems that generally come along with this too, so they developed a really large program that was focused on the sustainability of the oil industry in this Northern region in Kenya and it was looking at how can it stimulate economic growth, job growth, um, and general social prosperity for the communities there. And one element of it was this kind of civic engagement, social participation element, and it was run by Oxfam International, the NGO. And Oxfam partnered with an organization called Africa's Voices. We're just gonna leave it there because it skips a few slides, it's okay. So Oxfam combined with Africa's Voices, the research organization based out of Cambridge University, um, decided that they were gonna do radio programming to kind of understand what the community's feel was for what was going on with having this big oil company come in and what they thought um, the benefits for them would be. So they did this in three parts. The first thing that they did was they went into the communities and held focus groups with community members to figure out what they should make the radio programming about to kind of come up with that content. And as they were holding these focus groups, they would ask people to text in their questions and their thoughts about how the oil industry would affect their community. Once they got that data, they then moved to the second phase, which was to run three different radio programs, which would have a DJ talking live on air, talking to the community, asking them questions about how they thought um the Tello's presence in Turcano would affect their lives. And again, they would ask people to text in their comments, their questions. And then the third thing that they did was that they did analysis of all the text messages that they received. So for me, what was really interesting was a few things. The first was that they were able to highlight the key words that people were texting in, and they have these great graphs that they use. Um, highlighting the words that people most commonly texted in, and it was words like school, education, money, and jobs. They were then able to disaggregate this information by male and female and age, to understand which demographics were most interested and had different opinions. Um, Then they were also able to use it to inform further programming for this DFID project. They realized from this, show and from the text messages that they were getting back from people that everyone thought that they were gonna get very high paying jobs because the oil company had come into their town. And they weren't very aware of what it meant that there were gonna be jobs created, but what kind of jobs were actually gonna be available to the communities there. So they realized that this needed to be a part of the program, the much larger different program. So they built that into the later stages of the program. And then for me, what was incredibly interesting was when you look at how many of the people who were texting in when they went into the communities and held focus groups, 20% of the text messages that they received were from females. But when they did it over radio, 35% of the text messages that they received were from females. So I think this goes back to the point that often you can make a minority voice a little bit more heard when you're combining this radio programming with a text messaging interaction because a woman who might not speak up or maybe who didn't wanna go to the focus group but is listening at her home on the radio is more inclined now to send in her comments or her thoughts. My second example is an organization that some of you may have heard of. Um, It is a Kenyan-based creative firm that does behavior-based communication, behavior change communication, excuse me, and it's called Well-Told Story. And they have a program that's called Shajaz, And Shajaz is a comic book that comes out once a month in the main newspaper, the Daily Nation. Um, and it is the story of a 19-year-old Kenyan guy from the outskirts of Nairobi whose name is DJB. And DJB is very similar to many 19-year-old Kenyans in that he has not made the grades to get into free public university, and he also can't find a job. But what is different about D.J.B. is that he has decided that he is going to make an underground radio show. And so the comic book is about D.J.B., his radio show, and his friends. But Well-Told Story also has an actual radio program, and it is D.J.B.'s radio program. So D.J.B. is talking on air about his life, and then the comic book also comes out about him once a month. Last year they were also running a TV program also about D.J.B., And what DJB does when he's on air and also through his comic is encourage his fans to reach out to him and ask him questions through a toll-free texting system. And what Well-Told Story is doing is that they are also asking their fans along the way kind of um, biographical data information so that they know where these people live, they know what gender they are, they know their age and stuff so that they can start disaggregating their audience accordingly. So Well-Told Story uses this content first to create future content for their programming. What a lot of the conversation ends up being about is about um, reproduction and sexual health. And they have also talked about how men text in slightly different things than women text in. Men text in more about condoms and relationships, and women text in more about birth control, um, other kinds of contraceptives, and pregnancy and they're able to realize and disaggregate their audience and start spinning off different storylines depending on the messages that people are sending in. But it's also a way that they, they personalize all of the messages that come out from the system using our system. So for example, as soon as you tell the system your name, it can feed your name back to you and say, for example, for me, thank you Zoe for that message. I was thinking about the same thing recently. So they start having this more personalized conversation with their audience members to complement the radio programming they're doing, the comic book that they're putting out, and the television show that they have. So for them, the use of text message is incredibly important, as well as the use of social media. But why text is so important? Today, the numbers are that they have about 2,600 fans of DJB on Facebook but on the online platform that they use, our platform that they use to communicate via text messages with their fan, they have about 300,000 youth that they're communicating with which I think is going back to my original point that while internet penetration is definitely growing, smartphones are on the rise in many places and for many populations, they still don't have access. So how can you make those voices heard and how can you engage them in your programming more? This is where it does get back to my show. So on the continent today, there are about 120 million Facebook accounts in Africa, which is a lot. That's great. But there's about 1.1 billion people living on this continent. So the big question still lies, how do we make the voices of that, that huge missing chunk, how do we amplify their voices more? So what I was talking about before was the Ecomobile platform that's used in many different ways. But because we've seen that it's so effective when combined with media houses and in particular with radio, we've decided to focus on one very particular part of our platform and label that megaphone and really make it a way to easily allow radio stations to engage with their audience, Collect opinions from their audience. Collect comments from their audience on a massive scale, using 2G channels like voice calls and SMS. So how does it work? So how it works is it's all it's a megaphone is a public platform that has a feed that comes up that's public. So radio station decides that they want to have they're having a show. Let's say the show today is about Radio Days Africa, that everyone's tuned into it they decided that they're gonna have a hashtag that's called RDA2016. And the DJ is gonna start talking about this on the radio and he'll tell the audience, you know, we're at the university today, we're here at Radio Days Africa, we're gonna have different guests for you, but we wanna hear what your questions are, we wanna hear what your comments are. So there's three different ways that you can engage with us. You can either Make a toll-free voice call and then record your thoughts or opinions or questions about Radio Days Africa. You can send a text message that says RDA 2016 and then we'll call you back with a free phone call and you record your voice. And The third option is if you don't want to record your voice at all, you can just text in hashtag RDA 2016 and then the content that you want to put, your opinion, your question. So this is giving someone who doesn't have access to Twitter, who doesn't have access to Facebook, kind of a similar experience and a similar outlet for them to get their voice heard, their opinion heard. So then how it comes up on the feed is that, excuse me, so this would be a different hashtag. So say this hashtag says RDA 2016. Then if someone texts in, their text message will come out. And if someone has left a voicemail, A voice call, there'll be a play button and you can play and listen to what the person is saying. And then the idea is that it's crowdsourced to allow other people to transcribe what is being said over voice. But the cool thing is that while someone is going on and doing the programming, you're collecting all of these responses. You can maybe read some of them out over on air or you can also play them out on air so that you're collecting many opinions from many different people all at the same time. And then the idea is that 24 hours later, the people that have texted in or called in will get a text message back telling them that their quote has been transcribed and letting them know how many people have liked what they said. Because again, it, it is going up on a public website that anyone who does have access to internet can go see and they can like it if they want to. So, where we are now with this is that we're in kind of a pre-launch phase where we're in discussions with a couple different radio stations in Kenya who are about to start using this. They're testing it out with us right now, and they're going to start putting it live on their programming in the next two months. Um, And so that's really why I'm here today, especially to get feedback, questions, thoughts from people who are in the radio space to hear from you guys how you're doing audience participation right now, if you think something like this would be useful, and also if you would be interested in partnering on something like this. Thank um, So in terms of the pricing, there's two things for this. So we're looking at two different models. We're speaking with a couple of foundations right now, thinking through how they might be interested in funding something like this in partnership with a radio station. Um, Some of the radio stations that we're working with, so um, they're doing it in conjunction with advertising as well. And it's not necessarily that the hashtag is for advertising purposes, but that Um, Say it's a program and you have an advert in it. If the program has a hashtag, say if Radio Days Africa has a hashtag, you're gonna start to see traction on how many people are texting in. And they feel that this will give them better credibility and better numbers to then charge their advertisers differently depending on how many people are responding and tuning into the radio station. So we're charging them right now per hashtag. Um, So they pay a flat fee per hashtag. Any uh, message that's coming in, how we can do it in Kenya is that it's free. If the radio station then wants to send messages out to the listeners, so the bulk text responding to, thanks for your message, this is how many people liked what you said, tune in for our next radio station. Um, We're charging them bulk text rates, um, which usually come in at less than one USN text message to then reach out to their audiences. So it's kind of a two-part question in terms of the coverage. So in Kenya, almost all of the country is covered right now in terms of cell phone um, towers and communication reaching places. How we get buy-in from the cell phone companies is actually that we work with a middleman and our core company works with a middleman, which is called a premium rate service provider and they're an aggregator that taps directly into all of the different mobile network operators um, and gets toll-free connections. And then without getting too technical, they have an API that allows our software to integrate with that. So we don't have to deal directly with the MNO themselves but there's this aggregator that sits in between because really dealing with mobile network operators is a full-time job in itself. and That's not where we see our strength. So we work with somebody who is buying messages on such bulk level that it's bringing down the cost for all of their clients. So what we're testing out right now is both someone on our team doing it, someone at the station doing it, but the station also calling out and making it kind of an interactive way for them to engage with their audience and saying, for people who do have access to internet, log on, see what's going on, and we would love if you transcribe some of our messages for us. So that kind of crowdsourcing mentality. But that's a big question that we have around this. Will people actually do this? Is it gonna go to such scale that it's gonna be too overwhelming? Would you need to pay someone to do this? But that's, and you know, do we wanna continue to have the voice element of it? Or do we wanna just encourage everyone to text in because that will take out the need to transcribe? I think what we've seen is that voice calls versus text messages are really, specific to place and also demographic. So if you're talking to a bunch of young people in a city, there's no need for them to make a voice call. They're probably not gonna make a voice call, they're gonna text you. But if you're talking to maybe a slightly older population in a rural area, the work we do, for example, in West Africa and Nigeria, people much prefer voice calls over text messages. So it's all pretty context specific and so that's why we wanted to give it this flexibility, especially while we're testing it out to see what people go with. So it's not doing a secondary hashtag, but we have allowed organizations to choose like two different types of analytics that they would like us to run. So if you wanna run analytics on how many people are texting in between this two hour spot in the day, We can give you that information so that you can easily give it over to. So I think, you know, somebody who has WhatsApp also does have other modes of communication on their phone. Um, Our the entire our entire company is thinking about a five year strategy when text messages and voice calls are not as prevalent, and we move all on to. WhatsApp or whatever new app is available because we know that 3G is the future and it's really about how do you get um, organizations like radio stations and also audiences to think about that kind of engagement right now before everyone can be moved onto WhatsApp. The thing with WhatsApp is that you still need someone to download the app on their phone. I know that's what companies struggle with in Kenya. They want to get all of their clients onto WhatsApp and put them into groups, but it's so hard. Some people don't even have email addresses that you need to go into the Play Store to download an app so that many people, I don't know the case in South Africa, but many people in Kenya who have a smartphone are just using it for the nicer user interface and not actually using the applications that are on it. Yeah, Um, so as I said, we're based in Kenya, and the majority of our clients are in Kenya, but we have worked in 16 countries around the world, and the way we work in different countries depends a little bit, and as the gentleman back here said, it depends a little bit based on how the mobile network operators um, work. Um, For example, for us in South Africa, it's much easier for us to engage in a toll-free experience with people over USSD as opposed to text messaging. Um, and that seems to have been more effective. We've just worked with a couple of companies down here. Most of our work is Kenya and then in East Africa, in Tanzania, Rwanda, and Uganda. But we have done work in West Africa. We've done some work in Southern Africa. Um, We do work that's more related to automated voice calls in West Africa and also in India. And then we do a little bit of work that's related to um, more Android-based applications and data collection through Android-based applications in Latin America as well. And I encourage anyone who has more questions um, who would wanna learn a little bit more about this or tell me a little bit about your radio station to please come chat with me.